what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome back to My Dad Watches The Bachelor. I'm Meredith, and I'm here with my co-host, my dad. Good morning, Meredith. How's it going today? It's going great. I'm in a good mood. I got to watch a fantastic episode of The Bachelorette last night. I I, I found the episode to be relatively entertaining, so I, I think that's about as good as I can be with this show. I felt like I almost wasn't watching The Bachelorette. Like It wasn't the normal like organization of the show. It wasn't like group date, one-on-one, one-on-one. Like it, it just felt different. Like I know it was the same show, but it wasn't the same formula. And I liked it. But, you know, in the end, we always come back to certain situations on these shows. You know, we've got the, the people that have to go to the bachelor or bachelorette and said, do you know what such and such said? Like we're back in high school, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into, which irritates me, but uh we do find ourselves in similar situations each season. Well, I think that's because we always have a few crappy guys each season that need to get sent home quickly. And and I, I thought maybe a bachelor record that I think we had, I think maybe five guys sent home before we even finished our first rose ceremony. Are you including the non-rose ceremony of last week? I, well, there was a non-rose ceremony. So three were sent home last week, then two were sent home before the rose merit ceremony this week, before they had their first rose ceremony. Yeah, I guess technically that could be a record. I think that last week was like the most non-rose ceremony, rose ceremony ever. Okay, well... Do we have any highlights to share from this week? What, what are your highlights? You said you, it's a great show. What are your highlights? I enjoyed seeing how crowded the mansion is with 29 guys. We've got people sleeping on couches inside, people sleeping on couches outside. We've got 29 bros in the kitchen making breakfast. It looks like a great time in there. Not really. Personally, it looks like a nightmare, but I liked seeing it. It looks like, uh, you know, sort of a refugee situation with these guys just lying all over the place. And uh, I mean, I, you know, personally, I don't sleep that well, even at home. You know, if I, if I was in this situation, I would be doomed. You know, I'd be like getting one hour of sleep at night and it would be awful. So I, I these guys look like they're they were pretty conked out. I guess they're up all night from that first non-rose ceremony, but uh, it didn't look like a great situation for the guys. And I, I guess I didn't realize this. I should know. It looks like there's some rooms where they've got like bunk beds with six or eight. It looks like a barracks sort of in there. It looks like we're in the army in this mansion. Yeah, it definitely looks like Gabby and Rachel have a much nicer mansion that they're living in. And the boys are just kind of all shoved in a room together and, the producers are savage enough not to bring in any cots for the extra guys after night one. Well, they didn't They didn't know the curveball that was going to get thrown to them by Gabby and Rachel. We're not going to send a bunch of guys home. So that's, that's the way it goes. And at least the guys didn't seem to be complaining too much about it. Another high for me was Fabio's talent during the pageant. He, you know, is Tarzan with his long hair and his his chiseled pecs all oiled up and he puts his glasses on, sits down on a chair and starts talking about how you can save money on your mortgage. 
And I thought that was funny. I wasn't expecting that from him. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that was, I thought that was pretty cute. You know, if you can get past the whole speedo show of, uh, you know, men parading around, uh, you know, mostly naked, I think, uh, I think that's great. And then I also enjoyed Rachel seemed like quite the badass during her one-on-one date, taking Jordan on the zero gravity trip. She's not scared of it at all. Jordan, Jordan's not doing too well. He's very nervous. And I, I like that we had a little role reversal there of the woman being the one to like calm down the man. And she's like, this isn't a big deal. Like I, I'm going to have fun here. And I liked getting to see that side of Rachel, like the confident in my element side of her. Well, I think we're looking for that confidence in Rachel. I'm not. I'm. I'm concerned about uh, her stability uh, through the show, and her. You know, she's. She. She seems to be wavering a bit uh, in, in her role as the Bachelorette. But as highlights, I had both of the the individual dates. I thought they both looked like fun. Of uh, Jordan and Rachel going on this zero gravity. Uh, experience and uh, of course we, we we must be reminded that Rachel is a pilot. She's got more plane experience than than poor Jordan, who's a drag racer. I mean, has a pretty high energy adrenaline thing going as well. But uh, Rachel was was sort of the calmer person there. But it looked sort of cool the way they're sort of floating around there. I mean, it, it looked like fun. Yeah, you know, they had a zero gravity makeout session. You know, I you know I was concerned a little bit at first that Jordan might uh, harf all over the place, but uh, they they seemed to they seemed to be enjoying themselves. So I I enjoyed that date, and I also sort of enjoyed the 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 one on one that Gabby and Nate had when they're in a helicopter seeing the sights of Los Angeles. That that looked pretty cool too. I thought there were some pretty cool cool dates going on. My last high is just like Gabby and Nate's connection in general. I'm obsessed with Nate. I think he's awesome. He's just so sweet. Watching him on my TV makes me smile. Like him and Gabby together, I love it. And I'll I'll get into Nate later. I'm I'm a big Nate fan. But also, I thought it was funny if you noticed during the um, dinner portion of their date that Gabby got sunburnt during her hot tub time. And I liked how she's just such a relatable queen. <laughs> because uh, because you often get sunburned if you stay outside for more than five minutes? I do often get sunburned, yes. Yeah, that does run in the family. So, uh, you know, use the 50 sunscreen, would you? <laughs> Put that down in the fatherly advice. Uh, I probably should. <laughs> do you have any other highs? I like the individual dates. Uh, but then let's transition to the lows. I mean, I, um, so, so I, I, I think about these things every now and then the, the, the quote unquote group date was guys wearing speedos showing off their talent, which, you know, are, you know, are we treating guys like a piece of meat? Do we, do we make the girls, you know, traipse around in bikinis? With that said, I know that when we go on these shows, they're also they are often traipsing around in outfits that are leave don't leave much to the imagination. But is that really what we should be doing at this point in time? Yeah, I, 
it is like definitely a double standard when it comes to men and women. Like, there's no way that the show would ever on The Bachelor be like, okay, we're gonna put these girls in bikinis and have them, you know, show off their bodies. Like, it's one thing for the pool party, everyone's in their bathing suits, which it sounds like that's what was supposed to happen. But because it rained for the first time in LA, they couldn't have a pool party. And Gabby and Rachel wanted to see what they were working with. Um, you, you say that, but Gabby's like saying, I have to make eye contact. I don't know where to look because they, they were basically putting the gray block in front of all these guys' crotch because I guess it was not leaving much to the imagination. Yeah, I can't imagine enjoying that. You know, you're, you're sitting there, your eye level is right around crotch level. And, and I've never honestly enjoyed seeing a man in a Speedo. I can't remember a time I saw one in the real world and was like, Yes, I want more of that. I I tend to agree with you, and you know I'm I've got the dad shorts on, so I'm you know I'm I'm all for the baggy shorts myself. I I'm I like a mid thigh short. Show off a little bit of that upper thigh for me, or lower thigh, I guess, not the you upper know, thigh. Maybe, cover maybe the upper for the younger people, not for the dads though. You yeah. you want us to cover up the entire thigh, I think. Yeah, dads go to the knee, please. I, was, I, I have other lows in regards to this Speedo talent show. Yeah? what's What other lows do you have? Meatball pouring pasta sauce on himself as a talent. That was, that was strange. I don't really know what to make of that. And why is Jesse Palmer involved in this Speedo competition? I don't know why Jesse Palmer's involved at all. I don't really know what he brings to the table, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't answer that question. I can't help but think how much better it would have been if Tasha and Caitlin were there. I suspect for this particular event, uh, no doubt they would have met, they would have had a lot of fun with it. Also, Chris singing during his talent? Uh, terrible. Just terrible. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I have Chris down as a low in general in that uh, you know, and Chris got in trouble in this episode. He was the one that, uh, you know, the, the got turned in for, for talking too much. And he was talking about the fantasy suite and looking ahead, um, told people that he's, he's the alpha, he's the number one leader. And then he goes out and, and sings a song that he personally made up. And I thought his voice was okay, but he was just so arrogant, uh, that, uh, didn't need him to be around. No, I couldn't. I can't stand anything about him. So I, at this point, I was feeling good about my villain pick. Yeah, and as we were texting last night, I, you know, I, I, it might be a bit early to designate him as the villain, but he's certainly in the lead at this point in time. We'll have to see uh, if anyone else rises up above him on, on the villain scale. You're being uh, very critical for someone whose two villains went home night one. I don't mean to be critical. I'm just saying it's only the second show. You know, should we be saying that this is the villain? I don't know. I, he was certainly the villain last night and he got his comeuppance. But well, I, uh, I thought the worst part of the Speedo talent show pageant thing is that our man Roby was not able to participate and show his magic tricks. I, I had written that down as well. You know, what's a talent show without Roby the Magician? How disappointing it would have been his time to shine, and he's not there. 
they should have been required to keep him through to week two specifically for the talent show. The only positive thing we can say, as I mentioned to you when you were home visiting this weekend, is the next pet I get, I want to name Roby. I think that's a great idea. Whether it's a boy or a girl, it should be Roby. Gender neutral names. Yes. So another low for me, and it, it like started off as a high because I was interested to see the dynamic between Gabby and Rachel while they're starting to get to know the men better. But it, it turned into a low during the like after party of this group date. We have them starting to like the same guys in Logan kissing the same guy Logan and like I thought even though it's uncomfortable that they're handling it really well and communicating with each other you can see that they do care about each other's feelings but then it was kind of sad seeing Gabby like saying that she's going to forego her connection with Logan and take a step back because she doesn't want to step on Rachel's toes and it's just like I felt so uncomfortable, even just with other situations, like people saying that they're here for someone else or them seeing each other kiss people. Like, it, it just was uncomfortable. But wouldn't you, you know, if, if you and your friend were interested in the same person, I mean, at some point, don't one of you need to stand up and say, hey, uh, if you really like him, you should go after him and I'm going to back off? Isn't that what friends do? Yeah, but in this situation, I feel like it's too early for that. Like, does like Rachel doesn't know him that well. Gabby doesn't know him that well. I think Rachel was just feeling sad because she had just been told by someone else that he was Team Gabby and she was feeling out of place and unwanted and Logan gave her normal attention. She's like, oh, this is my guy now. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can see the early part to that, uh, but I... I it, it didn't strike me as awkward. It, it struck me as uh, uh, a friend supporting another friend. But I, I hear what you're saying. I, it made me uncomfortable. And, like, I just don't – I don't think the girls will get pitted against each other. I feel like they care about each other a lot. But I don't want there to be, like, an edit of one being more favorable than the other. Well, unfortunately, based on the previews, uh, it would appear that the, the edit is moving in that direction and that it looks like Rachel's struggling a bit more in building connections and having some of the guys uh, tell her that they're really here for the other girl, Gabby. So, so that get kind ready. of goes into my other low. I feel like Rachel's partially doing it to herself with her one-on-one -on -one sending Jordan home. I didn't see this coming at all. And I think that she doesn't, she's not understanding how to play the game. Well, I, I agree with you on that. And I, I was surprised and disappointed in that it just felt it was too early to draw that sort of a conclusion there. You know, maybe, you know, maybe it takes more than one date to, uh, to build that actual connection. And, and, and Rachel just said there was something that wasn't clicking there and, and despite the fact that it's only the first week or the whatever, we're just starting this adventure. She sends Jordan, the race car driver, home, although they they were having the zero-gravity makeout session. It seems like there were some positives to their date, but uh, she just 
decided that something was missing. And it seems that at this point in time, is that fair to Gabby? Did she have an opportunity to say, hey, is this, is this guy the right guy for me? So I don't know. It just seemed very strange. I was wondering that as well. I'm assuming that they have some agreement where if they're taking someone on a one-on-one, the other has already said it's okay if you want to send him home. I guess. I guess that makes sense. I don't sense. know how that works when one of them eventually takes someone like Logan or Mario on a one-on-one. But yeah. it, it, it's, it's just there's so much going on here. And I feel like Rachel, like it, it's too early to send home a nice, normal guy, even if you know he's not the one. That's a guy that you can keep and take pretty far because you enjoy him and he's not going to be like a threat – a threat to whoever you actually do have a connection with. And she's just not playing the game right. She's going to get upset later in the season that none of the guys are here for her when she's sending home the guys that are here for her, the normal ones. I I, I agree. That's good. That makes sense. And I was a little disappointed in Rachel in the way she handled that one. And I, I do get that, like, okay, there's something to be said for, you know, it's not him. Like, don't waste his time. But, you know, keep him over someone like Chris, like Hayden, like whoever these narcs are that you definitely don't have a connection with. Like, she did have a connection with Jordan after night one. I would have said he was top three for Rachel at that point. It was just just too early. It was premature in in sending him home and – you know, I, I think that was a mistake on her part. So and it, it was sad to see her like process it. She was like, talking about how she's upset with herself. She's feeling like she's failing as the bachelorette because she didn't make that connection during her one on one. And she just wants to be Rachel, not Rachel, the bachelorette. And I just feel like she's in over her head. Well, I, I, I agree with you on that. And and to me, that also transitions to. Don't know who Ashley Cook and Brett Young are. You know, we always bring these singers on for the for the uh, the dates that these people are having, and wasn't it such a sad sight with them singing their little hearts out? Uh, and Rachel is sitting in the stand somewhere, looking upset, and no one else is there. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. I don't know who Ashley Cook and Brett Young are, but I thought they were very nice singers. They were very nice singers. Am I supposed to know them? I don't. I think I might know Brett Young. I don't think I know Ashley Cook. Okay. I'm I'm wondering if this is like the first time. I feel like this is the first time in a while that I've seen the one-on-one get sent home before the, the concert. Yeah, that was, it was, it was, uh, it looked like an awkward concert, but I'm sure they get paid regardless and, and they still managed to smile as they were singing. So, uh, uh, but, but I felt bad for them. Uh, other low light I had is, as you probably know, I'm not a big, I'm not a big guy on the narcs, you know, and, and Quincy and his little posse of Hayden and Jordan are sitting around saying, Chris shouldn't be talking about the fantasy suites and, and Chris, shouldn't be, Chris shouldn't be talking about the fantasy suites, but you know, what is Chris saying? He's saying, you know, if, if someone is going to be 
intimate with a bunch of other guys is probably not the right girl for me. Now he's saying it in an incredibly arrogant, stupid way, but uh, he's saying it when he literally hasn't had a conversation with either woman. Uh, you know, to me, if 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 you're about to uh, you know drink poison or step on a rattlesnake, I'm, I should say, hey, Meredith, don't do that. You know, but I I just found it. I, I just don't have a lot of patience for these people who says, oh, I've got to, I've got to tell you what this person said. It just sounds, it seems so high schoolish to me and, and uh, uh, it just rubs me the wrong way. So, you know, Quincy seemed to be the instigator of this and he conferred with Hayden and Jordan and they've, they go to Rachel and say, we've got information we have to share with you. Shouldn't they be working on building their relationship as opposed to you know, being, being these the, guys have foregone having a relationship with either of the women at this point. I, have, have any of the narcs ever stayed around to make it, you know, even to the final four? I, I doubt it. No, but they'll make it. They'll make it a decent ways now because they've like easily put themselves in the friend zone. If I were the lead, I would keep my narc around for a while too because I would want to know what's going on in the house. And it's just like an easy rose to give out. Keep them into like the big final cut before hometowns. Okay. So there's a strategy involved in this. I know. I mean, I there could be. You're sticking around long enough to probably get your followers up, get an invite to paradise, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Do you well, remember Quincy's nickname? No. It's Prince. Okay. Prince. Great. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Laszlo, I had uh, the show that's coming on after The Bachelor claim to fame looks awful. Everybody avoid it. This is not relevant. I'm just saying it looks like an awful show. All right. I want us to go into wrong reasons since we're kind of already there. Okay. I'm assuming we have the same wrong reason of Chris. Nope. No? Okay. Well, then you're just wrong. You're the wrong reason, Dad. Because it's definitely Chris. He's talking about fantasy suites because he plans on being in the top four. Which, like, first off, he's already wrong talking about the top four being fantasy suites. It's the top three. Like, do your homework if you're going to be an arrogant prick about something. At least know what you're talking about. He he's talking out of his ass. And then we find out he's never even spoken to Gabby or Rachel. Like when they pull him aside to send him home, he's like, hi, nice to meet you. That's just uncomfortable. Like, why are you talking about your future having sex with these girls when you've never even said hi to them? I agree with you. I mean, he, he's on my he was on my list of wrong reasons, but I didn't give it to him. And he if he knows anything about these women, it's that they're going to have sex in the fantasy suite. They've already done it. And it's kind of like playing that Uno reverse card on them of this is what just happened to them. You know, Clayton's bailing on them because Susie said, oh, I won't be with you because you slept with someone else. And now he's trying to pull that card out again. And it's just such a bad look. And he is so condescending the way he speaks to people. He has no like social capability like he just doesn't understand social situations at all what was he was he an investment banker or what was his what's his what was his vocation he wrote two books and he was his own favorite author i feel like he was some type of life coach or something okay well like i a think 25 year old 
life coach. I thought Quincy was a life coach. I think there are multiple life coaches. Okay. Uh, well, I think that's a very fair, uh, wrong reason. I actually had I, I had a list of three that I was going through, and Chris was on it. Uh, I had Logan on it because he's doing the double kissing routine where he's making out with both girls, and I'm not sure that you should be doing that. You know, I, I think you're going to get in trouble there. Well, he but did what, tell us he wanted two beautiful chicks last week. Anyway, but I'm giving my wrong reason this week. I'm giving it to Rachel. For often, uh, for often uh, Jordan V this early in the show because I I just don't think that she's got a good grasp on being the Bachelorette at this point in time. Um, she seems a little out of control and she seems to have a confidence issue. I'm not sure that she's a good Bachelorette. I'm not sure she's going to carry this off well. I I hope that she has a happy ending, um, but. I, I I didn't like the way she handled her her business with Jordan, and uh, I'm I'm just wondering if if she's she's going to be a good bachelorette, a good lead for us. I don't think she's a wrong reason. I just don't think she has a good understanding of what she should be doing. She she's like having trouble transitioning from contestant to lead, and I. However, I do think that if she was the bachelorette by herself she would act differently. Well, she just seems very stiff to me as well. And very, I don't know, formal and awkward. I mean, and you know, just whatever conversations are going on, even the ones that she seems to think are going well, to me just seem very uh, uneasy. I don't know. Just, I, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel a good connection there. I don't know if it, uh, she sort of seems boring. Maybe that's me. I don't know. I thought that she was like loosening up. She seemed having fun on the zero gravity date. Like she, it seemed like a good time to her. I just like, I'm curious how much she's thinking about like being compared to Gabby. Cause everyone knows that America loves Gabby. Like, watching last season, Gabby was everyone's favorite. Everyone wanted her to be the bachelorette. Like, and it, it kind of feels like Rachel is just like the sidekick sometimes. And I wonder how much that's going through her head. That's possible as well. So uh, I'm thinking we might have an agreement on the right reason, though. I don't know about that. Who's your right reason? Uh, my right reason is Nate. Not mine. Okay. Well, I, despite his sideshow Bob haircut, uh, I... What really, what really stood out for me with Nate was when he was in these conversations with Chris, you know, he was talking about really standing up for women and telling Chris that some of the things he was saying were just really inappropriate. And, uh, uh, and I don't know, he just seemed to have an intelligence and sensitivity about him that impressed me. And he said, I, he said something along the lines of like Chris having these conditions that come with his love is like a form of control that damages good women. And I was like, that's so profound, Nate. I, well, I think that's what uh, got my attention as well. So I, I appreciated that. Um, the, the only the only question I do have about Nate, uh, and I'll throw this to you. You know, we read these silly bios about these guys and try to come up with you know, our final four and make, make decisions. And, and obviously we're throwing a lot of darts. Um, and I think that Nate said he's humble and hardworking, which I, I liked. And I think I included him in my final four, but 
when we're on the date, he's telling us that the most important thing to him is his six-year-old daughter and that he, he's uh, a girl dad, but that's not listed in his bio. And that surprised me. What did you, you make anything of that? I don't think that they write their own bios. I know, but I've seen them. I've seen these bios before where it mentions whether uh, the contestants have kids or not. And, and considering the guy is tearing up at the thought of being away from his daughter and yada, yada, yada. I just, well, I just would have thought that there would have been something in the bio about it. So anyway. Yeah, maybe, maybe like it would have made people like you who picked him for his top four, maybe more hesitant to be interested in him. I, I certainly would have taken that into consideration and that, uh, uh, you know, getting, you know, getting engaged to someone that has kids is a big decision. So I, I would have, I would have given that certainly consideration. Well, my right reason is a very, very small part of the show, but it was Jason during the after party of the group date. Rachel was very excited to get to know him. And he sat down and almost immediately told her that he's there for Gabby because he doesn't want he, he didn't want to lead her on. And I thought that was impressive because at this point it'd be very easy to play both sides like logan's doing and he's like essentially cutting off half of his chances of sticking around and i think it it was like impressive of him to to go ahead and shut that down and say i think you're really awesome but i've i've always been interested in gabby and i think that it's going to be an issue moving forward with how many guys don't do that Okay. Well, I, I think that's uh, a good perspective, and and uh, I I can appreciate his honesty as well. And and with that said, for, from it is early in the game. I say in the game. It's early in this process. I wonder if Jason would get to know Rachel. Whether he might rethink that a little bit. So I wonder if it might be premature for him to say that. But. I guess kudos to him for, for being upfront about it. I think it is premature, but I like that he's just going to stick with something, hopefully. So, I, I mean, we could, we already saw, you know, Gabby gave Mario her first impression rose, but Mario's interested in getting to know Rachel as well. And he and Rachel had a nice moment during the cocktail party and it flashes to Gabby like, in her line of vision, watching them laugh together, she's giving it the side eye. Like, it's gonna make things messy when these guys want want both. Yeah, you're right about that. And they're very different people. I I feel like you should know who you gravitate more towards pretty easily. I, I, I yes, but I still think it's early, and I I think that. We only know these people on some sort of superficial level, which maybe is all we can hope for in this type of uh, environment. But to me, it's still I, I still wonder whether if Jason or someone, if you spend time with some more significant time with somebody, maybe have a one on one date, maybe you would find that you're also attracted to the other person. But OK. Um, this is unrelated, but I was shocked during the rose ceremony when um, the Boston guy that had his like connection with Gabby night one, like teaching her how to speak Boston was like, I'm a hundred percent here for Rachel. Like, where did that come from? 
Don't know, but I was surprised that he didn't uh, make the cut. I, I, I figured someone would keep him around. Well, he's way too old for Rachel. He's like our oldest guy at 36. Okay. And he, that was, there was no shot. And it seemed like he and Gabby had a good thing going. So I, that just surprised me. I feel like I need to start a running list of who says their team whatever. Well, you should do that. We'll see if I've got time next week. Who's your right. MVP? Now we can get back to Nate. Nate is my MVP. He, I'm obsessed with Nate. Like Katie's season, I was obsessed with Greg. I think I'm going to be obsessed with Nate this season. He is awesome. Like, I just love watching him. I loved watching him with Gabby. Like, they were doing little voices together, being weird. I just, I see a really good connection there. I hope that he makes it really far. And if he doesn't win, I want him to be our bachelor right now. You know, it's early for that, but I think he would be a very good bachelor. Like, he says really great things about Gabby and women in general. And it was so sweet listening to him talk about his daughter and how Gabby could connect with that because she's so close to her dad and how important it is to, like, have that unconditional love from a parent because she didn't get it from her mom. It was it was so sweet. I, I, I enjoyed Nate as well. That's a, I think that's... That's a good choice. I was also impressed by his uh, pre-date preparation where he's spraying, I guess, cologne on him. He's got some sort of lotion he's putting all over his face. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't do these things. I don't, I don't mean to take them on for granted. I just don't have all the, the same tools as uh, Nate has in his toolbox. I also, this isn't really sort of related to Nate, but when Gabby found out that he had a daughter, he was like, she was talking about how is she ready to be a mom? You know, it's kind of always scared her because I guess of her past experiences with her mom. She's not sure that's something she wants or if she's ready for it, but she she could see it happening. And then she said something where she's like, you know, I don't have to make that decision now. I can keep Nate around and make it later. And I'm like, maybe you should have given Rachel this advice a few days ago. <laughs> I, I recognize that as well and thought that uh, Gabby went down the right path there. Yeah, so great things overall happening on the Nate and Gabby one-on-one. Okay. Do you have any fatherly advice to wrap us up? Well, a couple things, and, and we've touched on, on on some. You know, Number one, don't be the narc unless somebody's in danger. Come on, we're not in high school here. Work on building your relationship, not telling someone that you'd like to date why someone else is inappropriate. Let They'll figure it out. You know, if they're he's in danger, a, he's more of a union leader than an arc, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, the whole Chris Nate sort of conversation there of, of control and preconceptions, you know, as someone speaking, uh, with some experience, you have to, you know, you're, you're not trying to control your significant other, and which is, I think, what we feared Chris might be trying to do. Uh, you know, real strong relationships have a, a great balance. One person isn't controlling the other. Uh, you're letting each other have some freedoms and balance, and uh, that's important to a strong relationship. And finally, don't even try to date a roommate of your girl or the BFF, it's not going to work out for you. You know, when guys are together, we talk about sports and stuff like that. But when women are together, they're going to talk about who's kissing who. 
So Logan, I think you're in trouble. You know, Mario, you're on a fine line here as well. You know, he got the last rose. I was thinking Mario is certainly going to get a rose from one of these ladies, but he was he was sweating it out there until the very, very end. Well, they always yeah. have to make the last rose a little bit dramatic. Well, uh, so just uh, fatherly advice to the gentlemen out there. You know, once you once you choose one, don't be going after the roommate. Don't be going after the best friend. You know, work through that relationship. There you go. Well, that's some great advice, Dad. Thanks. Also, wear your SPF 50, people. That too. (laughs) All right. Well, we'd like to thank The Mesh for hosting our podcast. And if you like what you're hearing, feel free to give us a five-star rating and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And join us next week as we discuss more of Gabby and Rachel's season from The Right Perspective and my dad's. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.